Today's Callahan Show is brought to you by MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com. Use the code word Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, for huge discounts. It's a perfect place to do your Mother's Day shopping, your Father's Day shopping. You know what I'm asking for? The slippers. I really want the slippers. Mike Lindell makes great slippers. Made in the USA. Comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. These are the best pillows you're ever going to lay your head on. They're machine washable and dryable. Most comfortable pillow. It makes an excellent gift. Like I said, Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthdays, you name it. Get the pillow now and support the show. Strike back against cancel culture. Defend speech. Defend free speech. As we've told you, Mike Lindell is constantly under attack from the cancel culture mob. By purchasing from my pillow, not only you're helping this show, but you're joining us in the fight against cancel culture. My pillow is not in the big box stores, and we all know why. Because we don't, because they, they don't like Mike. They don't like Mike speaking his mind. So you can get factory direct pricing if you order from mypillow.com using the code word Jerry, G E R R Y. You can get the Giza sheets, buy one, get one free. You can get half off slippers. You can get a six piece towel set, regular $109.99 for just $39.99. Don't forget to use the code word Jerry. There's over 150 products there at mypillow.com. Just use the code word Jerry. You can call 800-893-7406 or just log on to MyPillow.com. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Uh, This is what I'm up against. This is what I'm dealing with every day. I sign on. A little while ago with uh, my man Ironhead here, and he sits there and he says, did you hear how much money Brady's getting? And I said, of course I heard. The story broke almost, uh, what, 22 (laughs) hours ago. I was tweeting about it. Uh, The whole world was tweeting and talking about it. And Ironhead, who's kind of immersed in his little gambling bubble, if he can't (laughs) bet on it, he doesn't care about it. Did you hear? He's getting $375 Like, How could you miss that story. I mean, how, how did you just, you just heard the story. You just heard that number this morning. Yeah. How is that possible? I don't know. How I, is that possible? Do you even get online? Do you watch the news? Do you watch ESPN? I mean, do you have your phone in your hand when you're, you know, doing whatever you're doing and see like notifications or latest news or breaking news? I got two little kids, you know, I'm running around. Oh, geez. That way the excuse. I love the excuse. I have a kid. <laughs> I can't watch the news. I don't know what's going on in the world. You know, two kids. there's a war. You know, there's a war in Ukraine. Have you heard? Yeah, Have we're heard. We're apparently in it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, we are in it. Did you know there was a new White House press secretary? And did you know she's a raving racist and hater? Have you heard? I have heard. But 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 she checks a lot of boxes, so she can say or do whatever she wants. So this is good. Did you know Trump? Uh, Elon Musk wants to get Trump back on Twitter. Have you heard that? I did. Yeah. 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 Did you know, uh, Joe Biden says our greatest strength is inflation. Have you heard that? You know, as much of a brain fart as I think that was, he is right. It's his greatest strength. (laughs) Did you know Joe Biden, uh, supports, uh, breaking a federal law and protesting outside Supreme court justices homes. Have you heard that? I've got all of these ones. Yeah. You uh, Yeah. There's the one thing you missed was the biggest news of the day. It seemed like anyway, and it answers a lot of questions. So you know what, Ironhead, we will, even though you're you're woefully ill-informed on the subject, we will start with Tom Brady because I'm I we we did a lot on this yesterday. We had the breaking news 
uh, as we were recording, the news was breaking. Brady signed the deal, or I shouldn't say signed. I'm, I'm guessing he made a handshake deal with Fox. Probably still working out the details because he doesn't know when he's going to start. I think, I think he really does know. I think the plan is uh, to, to play one more year. I think he's made that clear to the people in his circle. I think his wife and his agent, everybody knows that he's playing one more year in Tampa and then embarking on his broadcasting career. I said yesterday, I tweeted out that I found it shocking because I thought Brady had other plans. I thought sitting down, you know, in, uh, in you know, a September Sunday at one o'clock in Carolina to do the, uh, to do the uh, whatever Carolina Atlanta game with Kevin Burkhardt. Uh, first of all, spending two or three days in Carolina or wherever, going to practice, meeting with coaches, breaking down film, studying the you know tendencies. I thought that was somehow beneath the greatest player ever. And I thought I, I, um, I used the example of Michael Jordan. I believe he was hanging with Michael Jordan last weekend in Miami at that. F1 race, Michael Jordan never became, you know, a color man, never became a broadcaster who slept around the country doing games. He was above that. You know, he had, didn't need the money. He had plenty of money. He was a superstar, just had an aura about him where he wasn't going to do the day, the weekly grind. And I thought Brady was like that. He would be a guru. He would travel around in private jets, giving speeches and, selling his line of products, which is ever expanding. And I just thought that was his style. And maybe once in a while he'd do some TV, but it wouldn't be a regular thing. Well, as now we know, now we know the story uh, behind the story. We know some details, we think, and we know what Fox did. They money whipped him. Fox, uh, Lachlan Murdoch and, uh, the people at Fox did not take no for an answer. They made this impossible for Tom Brady to turn down to even hedge and say, you know, we'll see. Let me get back to you. Maybe I'll do a game once in a while. Maybe I'll be in the studio, you know, with uh, whatever, whoever it is, uh, to Michael Strahan, his buddy and Jimmy Johnson and those guys once in a while, he probably wasn't planning on going full time all in on a TV career. That's my guess. They made this impossible to turn down. In case you missed it, if you're like Ironhead and you were busy, you know, gambling on parlays in the <laughs> NHL playoffs, uh, the New York Post, Andrew Marchand, which, by the way, is owned by <laughs> the Murdochs, is owned by Fox. They broke the story yesterday, midday. I saw it, you know, noontime, was tweeting about it uh, 22 hours later. Uh, Ironhead saw it too. So we're all in on this 10 years, 375 million, 37 million a year to do one game a week for 18 weeks, maybe 20 weeks with the playoffs. That is mind boggling. I, I mean, we guessed yesterday, what did we guess? 20, between 20 and 25 million. He was going to make more, then Tony Romo, we said, and, uh, and and Troy Aikman, and they're making like 18 million each. He would make more than they are, and he'd have lots of perks. I mean, he'd probably uh, there's some, you know, maybe he'll have some weeks off. Maybe he'll only uh, he'll never have to do. Uh, you know, <laughs> maybe he'll he'll only do games he wants to do. You know, he'll never maybe have to go to Cleveland. Yeah, never, never, never have to go to Cleveland. Never have to go to 
you know, uh, maybe it doesn't have to go to, you know, Seattle or the West coast. Maybe a little, they'll make the schedule based on <laughs> making sure uh, Tom is happy, but there's a couple things that I conclude we can conclude from this deal. It, he is not closing the door, but he's, but he's close to closing the door on the potential possibility that he'll go into coaching or even being, you know, front office, being John Elway, being a president, being Dan Marino and uh, doing, you know, running a team. That was always a thought because, you know, when that rumor came out and I don't believe it now that, that the, he was going to go to Miami and he was going to play his last year in Miami for the Dolphins and he was going to get part of the team. Then he would go to the front office. He lives in Miami. He loves Miami. A lot of celebrities there, a lot of star power there. So I'm thinking you can't do that now. You can't, which is fine. You got the greatest job in broadcasting history as Darren Ravel tweeted out last night. He's now the third highest person uh, on air person in TV history. I, I I know this is a dumb question, but did you see that tweet? Did you see that Ironhead? I did not. Okay, then you can guess the top two. Guess, and I would have gotten this. I don't know why, but I don't know. We spent a lot of time in my uh, in my day talking about you know, broadcasters making money, and 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 we've talked about both of these people uh, at length in the past. But uh, you know, and they're both females. I'll give you a hint. They're both females. Who, who in TV has made more than Tom Brady is going to make? Any guesses? Oprah? One of, one of them's easy. Oprah is number one. She made like $300 million a year for her show, which, by the way, I don't think I've ever seen, but it's syndicated. She's big. She's, she's Tom's friend, too, by the way, so maybe she advised him, but yep. she's number one. You know who number two is? Ellen. Close, Judge Judy. Oh, uh, I did know that. I did know Judge that. Judy makes forty-seven million a year. Yeah. And by the way, I think she works two days a week, yeah. which seems amazing. But Tom Brady's going to work like one day a week. <laughs> I, I always said Maury Povich was my idol. Maury Povich works less than two days. He works. I saw her schedule one time, and it was Wednesday afternoon. They record like three shows and then Tuesday morning, I mean, uh, Thursday morning, they record like two more. So he did, records like five shows in less than 24 hours. He made, I think it was 28 million a year. He just retired, by the way. He makes like 28 million a year. He has a private jet and he belongs to like six different golf courses around the country. So he finishes recording, you know, on Thursday this dumb show about whatever, about paternity tests. Again, I don't think I've ever actually seen it, but again, it's syndicated around the world. So he makes a fortune and he gets in his jet and he flies to Arizona and plays a private course or flies to Pebble beach or, you know, I don't know if he belonged to Augusta, probably not, but he's uh, really, I don't know if he still is, was really into golf and he played golf, you know, five days a week and recorded a day and a half and made 28 million. All he had to do was say, bring out the real father, you know, <laughs> and, and, and occasionally get punched or someone would try to, you know, take a swing at him, but worth it. A pretty good gig. Yeah. Maury Povich is, and, and he's retiring, but doesn't matter. Tom Brady tops that Tom Brady's making, again, it's mind boggling. We, to, to put it in perspective, I think you and I agreed he was going to make more than any other 
color guy any more than any other analyst, including Romo and Aikman. He is making more than Romo and Aikman combined. <laughs> more than He's, double in Romo. More than double. I'm sure Brady in this deal, because he was holding all the cards, because Fox so desperately wanted him. I'm sure everything is, you know, is player friendly in this contract. Everything he wanted, he got. So, you know, as we were talking about before we started recording, there's, you know, there's private jets waiting for them. His kids can come with them, uh, you know, on the, on the trip when he wants them to, things like that. He'll just be, it is just everything uh, is going to work out in his favor, but you don't make a 10 year commitment and keep the door open for whatever coaching or GMing or acting or whatever other things he wants to do. He'll have time to do that. Don't forget Tony Romo is, uh, you know, he was the big star. He is the big star. He's making 18 million. He's a scratch golfer. That means Tony Romo has time to play golf at least, you know, four or five times a week. Right. And we saw him in that, tournament a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, playing in these celebrity tournaments, he's in spectacular golfer. Uh, you know, he, he thought he was going to make the, make the tour at mm. one point. You don't do that. If you're a GM or a coach, you can only do that if you're a TV guy. So Brady working two days a week for Fox can still do his guruing. He could still travel around selling, you know, $150 foam rollers. He could still do the Tony, uh, Tony Robbins thing. So I think he could not turn it down. I don't think this was his plan all along, but he just could not turn it down. When you think you work, you're making more than you made as a player <laughs> to work. I mean, player quarterback, that's seven days a week for seven, eight months. That is a commitment and nobody was better at it than Tom Brady. I'm also going to change my take on this today from yesterday. I said yesterday he'll be good, but not great. I didn't know that he would, uh, I, I question whether he would have a lot of strong or controversial opinions. Would he criticize coaches, players, refs? I think he will. I think he'll be really good at this. I think he will understand what it takes to be good at it. And he's getting paid to be good at it. And if you're not still uh, uh, harboring, you know, desire to get back into football, get back into, or get into coaching or get into uh, GMing, then you can do it right. You can be critical of players and coaches and refs. You have to be <laughs> when they're giving you $37 million a year. Mm. You can't be one of those guys who's just saying, I'm going to do this till something better comes along. You have to go full John Madden where you say, this is it. This is my life. This is my, con uh, my, my career. I got to do it right. And one of the most, one of the keys to doing it right is, well, there's two keys in my mind. Preparation. You got to be prepared. You can't just show up. You can't just say, I'll wing it. I'll, you know, I'm Tom Brady. If I'm sitting in this chair, people will listen and he will. I mean, he'll show up. He'll do the homework. He'll be prepared. He'll be like, you know, Romo or a Collinsworth and that he'll he'll anticipate plays and tells you things you don't know. But he'll also understand that if he's not great at it, if he's just OK, he'll take a beating. People will say he's stealing money. 
He's not going to like that. He's not going to want to be a guy who took the money and just, you know, did other things and, you know, was busy selling his stuff. He's going to want to be great at it. And we've seen him when he puts his mind to something, he can be great at it. So I think the challenge will be, will you be the best? It's going to be hard to be the best. Romo's good. Collinsworth is good. Aikman's good. I mean, Romo's, I mean, there's some real good analysts out there. And for Brady to be considered, to, for Brady to earn that money, earn that commitment, that contract, he's going to have to be great. So you really think Brady's going to say, you know, they're giving me $37 million a year, but I really don't want to criticize that coach because he might get mad at me or that player if I'm, you know, if uh, whatever, Baker Mayfield is playing quarterback somewhere and he sucks. You think Brady's going to hold back because he doesn't want Baker to get mad at him? I don't think you can approach the job that way when you're making that kind of money for those kind of years. He has to be great or he's going to be considered a bust. And the last thing Brady wants is to be thought of as a bust at anything. So I think, I think he'll be great at it. And I think he'll bring people, at least initially, people are going to tune in just to hear how he is at this job. If he does those, uh, those Gruden type things when he sits down with rookies and they watch tape and stuff and go over it. I would love to watch that because, you know, that he'll be like, what do you see here? And he'll be like, wrong, and then correct right. him, which would that's be a interesting. Good, that's a good point. He could do things like that. His sit down. And you know what? Brady, when he was on the radio with us for years, I don't feel like it was all cliches. I think he was reluctant to, uh, you know, criticize. He wasn't going to criticize, you know, his coaches. Uh, but But he would occasionally get a little jiggy. And, you know, say things like, you know, if you come into the game, you got to get lubed up, you yeah. know, and everyone would uh, scream and kick. And he got, in, you know, and when he talked about Trump, there was some blowback and he had to had to stop that. His wife and his mother didn't like that. But he'll he will be required to do the job right. You can't get that kind of money for those kind of years and have the reputation he has. And just mail it in. You can't be, you know, Joe Montana. You can't be uh, Lawrence Taylor. I'm trying to think of who's the worst guy now. And I mean, it's hard to top, you know, the the Red Sox uh, with the Red Sox have Joe Castiglione. It's hard to be worse than that in the booth. But I'm trying to think of the worst guy in network NFL games. Witten, probably. Uh, Witten, was he that bad? He was, he was very boring. He, he was so bad and he went Trent, back to play. Trent Green, he stinks. Uh, this, this guys who are just hesitant to say anything. They don't want to say anything. And I think Brady's going to cross that line. You know, he's going to cross that into that, into the dark side where he knows he has to say something, even if it pisses off some of his friends in the business. He knows, and unless he wants to be to be mocked and ridiculed nationally. He can't be up there just mailing it in, speaking cliches, saying, you know, run the ball, stop, establish the run, stop the run. You know, he can't lapse into that mode when you consider the commitment Fox is making to him. So I've changed. I think he'll be great at it. How's that? I mean, I, I know I'll be accused of bringing a Brady suck up. I don't care. He understands that he can't suck or even just be mediocre at this kind of money. He's going to have to work at it. He's going to have to say some things. 
he's going to have to piss some people off if he's going to do it right. And I think he'll do it right. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, what was his plan before Fox sat, before he sat down with Fox and they said 300 and he said 375 foot to do games on TV. He's going to make more to sit in the booth once a week than he ever made to be the greatest player ever. That's, that's why. I, yeah. That's why I think he definitely signed something because who, what's to stop ESPN from like highballing them now or something. You know what I mean? He's got to have something well, in uh, writing. But how could, how could he, I mean, there, there's got to be a limit to everything. ESPN. I mean, they could, can they pay that if, if he went back to them and said, would they pay him 400 million? Thing is, with ESPN, you get more work too, you know, because yeah. they could have you, they could have you do, you know, Monday nights and Sunday and Tuesday morning, NFL countdown on Friday and Saturday. And there's just a lot more shows and a lot more programming, you know, with Fox, they might have you do whatever segment, like you say, sitting down with a quarterback or <laughs> interviewing the coach. But pretty much, you know, when the game's over, they're back to, you know, they go to the simp, uh, they go to a family guy, you know, they're not yeah. doing 72 hours of pregame and postgame. I will say I'm so, looking forward to seeing him with uh, Skip and Shannon once a week. <laughs> yeah, they'll be trying. He'll do it too, man. He's he's always been amazingly cooperative, and he doesn't ever show the, the, the strain or the pain of doing a lot of, you know, interviews. I mean, he used to do us, and he'd sometimes he'd be flying back from the West Coast to be going on like an hour's sleep, and he'd be gay, laughing and smiling like nothing. I mean, he just didn't let, he has never let the media commitments get to him. Lots of players do. They get to him, they get a little flustered, they get frustrated, they get stressed out over it. He's never been that kind of guy. So I think he knows, you know, he'll know how to handle this job and they'll have them doing lots of interviews. They'll have them, you know, humping the week game of the week and, and pushing it and he'll, he'll do it and he'll laugh and he'll giggle and he'll smile and he'll do it. It'll be stress-free for him. It's always been that way. And I think in his mind, he knows he has to bring it because he's getting paid. Like, I mean, John Madden in 1993 signed a deal for 8 million a year. It was more than any player in the league at the time. It was bizarre. You're saying, wow. I mean, again, I wasn't a huge Madden fan, but I guess he was considered the best of all the analysts. And I guess he was kind of an icon and a, and, uh, and a folk hero type. I thought that was insane. But they must have some kind of formula that shows it pays off in the end to have the big star and you have the biggest star ever. And he's going to have to, you know, perform like a star or he's going to look like a chump. And that's the last thing he wants. All right. We got a lot to get to. Uh, Ironhead is fascinated because he doesn't know any of these stories. He didn't hear them when they happened, but we're going to review them all. And he's going to be well informed. Yeah. Now that he knows Tom Brady signed a 10 year deal for 375 million. By the way, Fox is disputing the numbers. Their own guy, Andrew Marchand, in the New York Post, who works for Fox, reported it, broke the story, and then Fox said those numbers aren't right because <laughs> the uh, Mike Flory has the story that Fox, Lachlan Murdoch himself, I think, is saying those numbers aren't accurate, but I think they are. I think Marchand's a good reporter, and he's got good sources, and it explains a lot, explains why Brady kind of suddenly changes tune 
essentially announced his retirement. I think there is, uh, they, they want you to believe it's open-ended and he's going to retire whenever he retires. But I think he gave them a commitment that he'll play one more year and opening day, 2023, he'll make his debut on the network doing the, well, I don't know what it'll be. It'll be a big game. It'll involve the Cowboys. It'll involve the, the Super Bowl champs or runner-ups or whoever. It'll be a big game, and it'll be Brady's first game. And the players, the teams, they'll be secondary. Everyone will be tuning in just to see if Brady's any good. And if he's not, all those people will, be, will just come out of the woodwork and just be ready to mock and ridicule Tom Brady. So I am, the pressure will be on, but he's been pretty good under pressure. I, have I, to say. I am surprised he's going to Fox, you know, with how racist it is there. That's a good point. We'll get to that now that we, uh, <laughs> White House has a new spokesperson. And I'm just going to say, if uh, Joy Reid's not gay, is she? Well, if she were, this would be these Fox, this would be the White House's new spokesperson because she's a raving lunatic. But I guess that's what it takes to work for Joe Biden. Let's get, I want to get to this story. Man, we got a bunch of stuff here. I want to get to this vote because it happened last night. And maybe it's too, too, you know, it's too too political and people aren't all that interested, but they should be. Because I started watching it and following it last night because everybody is rooting for Ukraine. You know, everybody's rooting for Ukraine, you know, to win, to win the war against uh, Russia or at least save their country. Nobody wants to see Russia completely uh, you know, d- take over Ukraine. It's It's been ugly. It's been nasty. Lots of civilians have died. We've seen the destruction. It hasn't quite gone nuclear. It might. But last night, maybe while you were sleeping, Congress agreed to spend another, to send another $40 billion to Ukraine. And I've tweeted about this and you get a lot of people saying, well, good, you know, it's a, what the Russians doing is just brutal. We got to save Ukraine. It's and nobody really stops to think about it. Nobody really says, "How much is that?" You know, how much is forty billion? It's just a number. And you know, uh, Mitch McConnell, a alleged Republican uh, minority leader in the Senate, said, "We all agree that the war in Ukraine is the most important thing in the world right now." That's what he said yesterday as mothers can't find formula for their babies, as the Southern border is being invaded, as inflation is out of control, as people's 401ks are just taking a massive hit. Uh, We got, you know, as, as gas oil, you know, prices skyrocket, we got all kinds of problems here at home. And the uh, leader of the Republicans in the Senate says, the war in Ukraine, 5,000 miles away, is the most important thing in the world. He said, we all agree. And I would say, we don't agree. I don't agree. We got lots of more important issues here at home. But these guys, you know, they're all in it. It's the uniparty. Everybody's in on it. Not one, not one Democrat voted against escalating the war in Eastern Europe, a war against a nuclear power. Not one Democrat. The party of love and peace and no war not that long ago is all in on world war in Eastern Europe. Republicans at least had 57 
Most of them voted for it too, but 57 people, Republicans voted against it, but it passed overwhelmingly. We're sending another 40 billion. We're up over 50 billion. And to most people, to me, it sounded like just a number. You know, yeah, whatever, send them the money. Then I was looking at it. Somebody pointed out to me that uh, the Russia, Russia's annual budget for the military in Russia, you know, with 144 billion million people and 6,000 nuclear warheads, their annual budget, 65 billion. The entire country, the biggest country land-wise in the world, is 65 billion. We're sent, we've sent 50 billion to Ukraine in the last six months. We sent 40 billion to them last night, essentially agreed to. I looked at the breakdown, by the way. It's incredible. The money, like half of it goes to weapons, which are made here. So this is the ultimate boondoggle for Raytheon mm-hmm. and Lockheed Martin. Yep. And that's why some people, uh, skeptics, are calling it money laundering because we send it there, they send it back, buying weapons, and the wep- people who make the weapons kick back whatever, 10% to the big guy. They kick it back to the politicians in the form of uh, contributions. So it's a big money laundering scheme as our debt is over $31 trillion and as, our, again, our southern border is being invaded and, and uh, inflation's out of control, and we're sitting there saying this is the most important thing, $40 billion. So I, uh, as someone mentioned the, you know, uh, as I mentioned, the Russian annual military budget, 60, you know what the annual military, I know you don't know this, so I'll ask you it because it's mind boggling. The annual military budget for Ukraine, what they spend on their military annually. 300 million. <laughs> little more, little more. Uh, 5.9 billion they spend less than six billion annually for the military. Mm-hmm. We just sent them last night the latest installment. In fact, Mitch McConnell called it a down payment, like a decade's worth. Sick. We sent them seven times their annual budget in this aid package. Now, keep in mind, we're whatever five thousand miles away. There's a whole bunch of countries, you know, France and England and Poland. Between Germany, between us and them, we're one country, one ally, and we're sending them seven times their annual budget in one, one kiss in the mail. That doesn't even get debated. They put this bill before the Congress and voted on it four hours later. Nobody read it. Nobody cared. They just want to feel good and say, yes, we stand with Ukraine. Look at my blue and yellow flag and my pin. This is obscene, what we're seeing, right? Obscene. We don't know where that money goes. This is an incredibly corrupt country, Ukraine. It is is renowned the world over as one of the most corrupt countries there is on the planet. We've seen it with Hunter Biden. God knows what kind of money he's making out of this $40 billion package. But this is the most tone-deaf freaking thing I think I've ever seen Congress do. $40 billion. Put it in perspective. To, to put it in more in perspective, by the way, Joe Biden wanted $33 billion in this package. Right. Congress, Congress jacked it up to 40. <laughs> 33 wasn't enough. So your elected representatives, my elected representatives, 
these warmongering Democrats said, let's make it 40. Let's, they need more javelins, more stingers, more missiles. All the while, everybody knows Ukraine can't actually win. All they can do is drag it out for years. Thousands more will die, much more destruction. They can inflict some damage on the Russian military, no question. But they can't win. You think there's a point where Putin surrenders without launching nukes? No. They, they can't win without the whole world getting involved and millions dying. So the idea that you're going to send this $40 billion and it's going to go to good, it's going to do good, is insane. They're going to, all it's going to do is escalate the war and lead to more death and destruction. But somehow it makes, you know, whatever... Liz Warren feel good, or, or you know, in this in this case, uh, it makes uh, Seth Moulton feel good. It makes these Democrat congressmen feel good to escalate a war against a nuclear power with an unstable leader. The whole thing is insane. Thomas Massey, one of the good ones, uh, Kentucky Republican, he votes against all this stuff. He's great. He's brilliant. Went to MIT. He, he tweeted this out. We've now spent more in Ukraine in the last six months than we spend all year on all the roads and all the bridges in our entire country, <laughs> which is one of the principal jobs of government, roads and bridges. We, we've spent more on this country, this country of 40 million people in Eastern Europe that nobody knows, could nobody could find on a map. We've sent them more in the last six months then we will spend on our entire, on the roads and bridges in the entire country. So if you hit a pothole today, you know, thank Zelensky because on the money, the money that should have been spent on that, we've now sent to Ukraine because, you know, Russia's bad and Ukraine's good and we got to do good. And oh, God, do. So a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, when the war is raging on and Thousands more are dead in more schools and hospitals and widows are you know, screaming in the streets. You're going to say, yeah, but we sent them $50 billion. Wasn't that good? The $50 billion does nothing, but hell, half of it gets stolen by the corrupt bureaucrats, and the other half goes to weapons, which will escalate things. And the only, and, and again, all day, talk about Ukraine. Nobody says, let's have peace talks. Nobody says, let's insist that Putin sit down or send his emissaries and sit down somewhere and work out a ceasefire. Nobody. Joe Biden did a press appearance or whatever you call that. A press, it wasn't really a press conference. They uh, did a, did a, uh, a speech about inflation yesterday. It said he wouldn't take any questions that weren't about inflation. Not a mention of sitting down, talking and ending the carnage in Ukraine. Let's just send them more billions, send them billions. And people, sit there and say, God, let's send them billions. We need to. They're good. Russia's bad. Let's give them all our money. Madness. But all right, we'll get to Biden's press conference because again, they put him out in front of the cameras. I guess they have to. And they just must sit there and cringe. He is an embarrassment. He is just an empty, lost, sad, sorry, sorry husk of a man who can't even put a thought together. He's leading the effort. Is uh, you know we get ready to ramp up to World War Three. Really feel good about that. We'll give you. We got we got Elon Musk talking about putting Trump back on Twitter. Um, that will be interesting to see if Trump can resist <laughs> resist going back on Twitter. And we have some sound from the new 
press secretary, the new, the, the, she was replacing Peppermint Patty and she is the new spokesman for Joe Biden. And just so she know, it's, I guess Joy Reid wasn't available. She's got a gig. So they got the next best thing. They got a real, a real race hustling hater who will now be the face of the Biden regime. But first let's get to, what am I doing? Athletic Greens? Athletic Greens. All right, let's get that. And then we'll, then we'll get to the latest Biden gaffe. I shouldn't, Every day, come here. We will promise. We will promise one thing. We will have a Joe Biden gaffe. This one, I don't want to say the dumbest ever, but it's pretty bad. But first, let me do Athletic Greens. All right, our newest sponsor, Athletic Greens, is a product I've added to my morning routine, and I use it every day. Instead of taking daily supplements for my nutrition, I use AG1 to get 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals, whole-source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start my day right. The founder of Alva Athletic Greens experienced a bunch of gut health issues, and he ended up on a complicated supplement routine costing him over 100 bucks a day. This led him to take his health into his own hands and create Athletic Greens for a more optimal nutrition routine. Ever since I started taking AG1, I've noticed improved energy throughout the day, better sleep, and improved recovery after my runs and workouts. All I do is put one scoop in a glass of water each morning. I used to I drink water all the time in the morning. Now I just add a scoop and I'm good to go. It has a mild and tropical taste, and it's much easier than choking down a bunch of vitamins in pill form. And it's way cheaper than the alternatives, costing less than three bucks a day. If you're going to invest in anything, it might as well be your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash jerry. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash g-e-r-r-y to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, a reminder to pick up your Callahan coffee. It's simple. And by the way, I heard lots of reviews over the weekend. I told you I saw a lot of people, and they all tell me how good the Callahan coffee is. Probably roasted to order in Waltham, Mass. We ensured that you're getting the freshest and highest quality coffee beans possible delivered right to your door. Try it. Check it out. Just go to callahancoffee.com or click the link in our social media bio to order now. All right, Biden was talking about inflation, and most people think inflation's bad, uh, not good. Prices are, uh, I mean, prices are insane if you go to the grocery store, or if you try to buy anything. How about a used car? Used cars are up 40-something, 44%. Forget it. They're outrageous right now. The price of everything is outrageous. Less than a year ago, Joe Biden said, nobody's worried about inflation. It is not a problem. Yesterday, he said he's doing everything he can to fight whatever, stop inflation. Uh, it's it's a major issue. It's going to probably be the issue that affects the midterms more than anything else because it hits home for everybody. But uh, yesterday he talked about it. And when a president goes before the cameras, one thing you want him to do is uh, instill a little confidence, make you feel better about whatever the issue is, war or inflation or you know southern border or COVID. Make you feel better, like somebody's in control, that somebody has this, uh, <laughs> you know, has, has the, the what has this under control. Anyway. I don't, I didn't get that feeling yesterday from Joe Biden did not get the feeling like the economy is in good hands. This cut, how long is the cut where he explains 11 uh, seconds? 
It's only 11 seconds. Trust me, there's a longer version and it's rambling and it's a mess. But how did this even come out of his mouth? This clearly, he's looking at teleprompters. He's the reason he's not in the Oval Office is because the teleprompters are so big, they don't fit in the Oval Office. There's no room for them. So they set up a studio with these little slogans across the street. So this absolute bumbling fool could read the big words on the teleprompter. Now, is he reading the words or he's just jumbling them up or what happens here? Because well, ju- judging by this still shot, it looks like he can't read it still. It looks like he's struggling no, to see it. I mean, maybe you should put on his reading glasses. He's 80 years old for crying out loud. We, yeah. we don't blame you if you're wearing glasses, Joe. I know you're vain with the, had all your Botox and your facelifts and your hair replacements and everything else. Maybe it's time to wear the reading glasses. But anyway. Roosevelt wore glasses. Let's, uh, what's, what's the problem? Everybody does. Yeah. Anyway. When they're 80, when you're 80, uh, yeah, I think you need reading glasses. But anyway, let's get to his explanation of our strategy. His, his, uh, <laughs> his take on inflation. Let's listen to this buffoon. And I agree with what Chairman Powell said last week, that the number one threat is the strength, and that strength that we build is inflation. The number one strength is, inf- is inflation. Play it again for me. Play it again for me. I'm trying to figure out if he's, he's he's reading for a while, then he loses his way, and he gets the strength word. He places that somewhere where it's not supposed to be, and somehow our strength is inflation. Go ahead. And I agree with what Chairman Powell said last week, that the number one threat is the strength, and that strength that we build is inflation. <laughs> <laughs> The strength we built is inflation. This is not just a throw. This is the point. This is the point of the whole speech. The whole appearance was to talk about inflation and alleviate people's fears and concerns. So I guess he did. Just in case you're wondering, our strength is inflation. Uh, that was a gaffe. I will say that it was not written in the teleprompter. I'll say, you know, what's was not a gaffe, which was amazing. And, and you and I talked about this uh, before the show. Why? It's kind of a big deal now that Biden shock troops, the Biden foot soldiers are now harassing Supreme Court justices at their homes. We saw it on Sunday night at Kavanaugh's home, Monday at Alito's. They're going to keep it up, um, even though it is a clear violation of federal law and state law in Virginia. They should all be arrested. They would be arrested if the shoe were on the other foot, if they had red hats and they were going to Sonia Sotomayor's house, they would all be in jail. They'd be in solitary confinement already. I'm not exaggerating. I am 100% certain if this worked the other way, they would arrest every single one of them. They don't even, you know, kick them off the street. They don't even tell them to go home. They let them protest because there are two tiers to our justice system. One side is allowed to protest, boot, burn, loot, whatever. And I said to you, they're going to ask the White House about this and they're going to lie. I thought they'd just say, oh, no, we don't like that. We don't approve. We don't think they should do that. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Go nuts, guys. I thought they would at least outwardly they would lie and say they don't support this. They don't approve of this. They should not do this. Remarkably, I got to give Jen Psaki. When the hell is she friggin' done, by the way? I thought she retired like two I weeks ago. no idea. Quit. Anyway, Jen Psaki goes before the cameras, and for once, 
tells the truth. I was stunned. She told the truth. She said, yes, we support this. Go to their houses. Go crazy. She, they are all in on this lawless behavior. If you needed any more evidence that this is a lawless administration, they gave the green light. They gave the stamp of approval to the pro-aborts who are outside Alito's house, waking up the neighbors, blocking traffic. They're not going to stop as to quote Kamala Harris, they're not going to stop, and they shouldn't stop, according to the White House. This was amazing. I could not believe she said this, but again, give her credit. She doesn't tell the truth very often, but she did yesterday. Let's listen to uh, Ginger Goebbels talk about the protests outside, the illegal protests outside Samuel Alito's house. Uh, it says she's leaving on the 13th, by the way. 13th of what? May. February? May. <laughs> So I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date, and we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes, and that's the president's position. We encourage it outside of president's home. Again, we went over the law less yesterday. Everybody knows it's illegal. It's a federal crime. And they, uh, I mean, you're not supposed to encourage crime, criminal behavior when you're the friggin' president. Well, she says uh, peaceful to date because she knows it's going to turn. Know. It's going to That's turn. another wink, wink. Right. You're yeah. right. That is another wink, wink. Peaceful so far. You know, pretty soon they're going to be throwing bricks and setting fires and they'll have to at least pretend they're against that. They're not. <laughs> they approve of it 100%. They're hoping to intimidate one judge. Uh, one or two judges without a doubt, but I don't think it's going to work because think of how weak you'd look like if you're Kavanaugh, well, obviously Alito's not going to do it. He wrote the opinion, but if you're Kavanaugh or you're Amy Coney Barrett or you're Gorsuch, how weak you would look like if you let the mob uh, flip you on this. If you let the mob, you know, change your mind, you might, they might call off the dogs and you might be a hero to the New York times but the people who know you, the people who are aware, they, they're going to think you're the biggest coward of all time. It isn't going to work. They can go nuts. Hell, they can burn, loot, whatever they want. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. These are staunchly pro-life people. Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, Neil Gorsuch. Obviously, the great Clarence Thomas isn't going to uh, isn't going to fold. So go nuts. It isn't going to work. But right, let's get while we, while we're at it. Jen Psaki is done on the 13th of May, you say? That's what it says. So, which is two days, which is the end of this week. Mm -hmm. She goes to cash in to make some money on MSNBC. Uh, oh, that show is going to be so horrible. It's going to be awful. She's going to be awful at it, but whatever. They don't care. They, they get some access to the White House, I guess. And she's an icon to them. And, you know, she'll just go. She'll Instead of telling her lies at the podium in the press room, she'll tell her lies on TV. And by the way, uh, Rachel Maddow, she's getting out, man. She's going to work one day a week. So they got to find someone to replace her. They need some star power. And I guess this qualifies in their world. But uh, looks like a, a former, Stephen Colbert stunt a, double. A former MSNBC contributor, Karine uh, Jean-Pierre, is now will now be the lead spokesman. She will be the press secretary. And you're th saying initially, people are saying, oh, that's nice. She's black. She's gay she's an immigrant you know it's great i mean every, that's all that matters uh everybody in the biden administration was hired because of their immutable characteristics it's all identity politics all the time 
And she's pretty well-spoken. You say they bring her on. And then people start looking into her history. She's an un, she's unbelievable. Just like the nut job, Nina Jankowitz, the ministry, the minister of disinformation, <laughs> yeah. one of the most prolific purveyors of disinformation who bought into every conspiracy theory, the Russian conspiracy, the laptop, you name it. Uh, Nina Jankowitz not only bought into it, but spread the disinformation. Now she's going to, monitor disinformation it's bizarre it's just upside down world well this spokesman she didn't just say she's not just a left-wing you know advocate for whatever she's a hardcore conspiracy theorist she said the georgia election was stolen from stacy abrams a stolen election i thought that was like you know a sin to say election was i thought it was a crime you can't say that you must be banned from every outlet, every platform when you say an election was stolen. But she's also going to be dealing with these cable news people like Peter Ducey, Jackie Heinrich, the, the people at Fox News. And just so you know, she thinks you're all racist. Do we have the cut from Jean-Pierre about Fox News? This is unbelievable. Just so cavalierly accuses everybody everywhere of being racist. Go ahead, play it was racist before coronavirus they are racist during the coronavirus fox news will be racist after the coronavirus so there is nothing new here i think the difference is, is they have been they are all in on being state tv for donald trump and so they will continue to give them mis misinformation the danger is so yes you have asian americans right now whose lives are seriously in danger and you have their own viewers who can now the ones who are 60 60 and older who are watching this is a health crisis that we're in. This is a global pandemic, as yeah. the WHO has said, and they're putting their lives in danger. And so that is where we are right now, is the, the danger that Fox News is now, what they're putting out there is going to hurt people and not help them. What the hell? <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, the Asians, they're, they're being threatened by by black, mostly by black people, black guys who are like the beating up little old Asian ladies. I would say, I'm not sure how Fox News is uh, stoking those fears, but uh, that's one of a hundred clips and tweets. She thinks, I think Tucker did it last night where he compiled a list of people she's called racist. Everybody, you name it, not just Trump. Everybody's racist. Every host, every everyone's racist. Everything is racist. She's the ultimate conspiracy theorist and race hustler who, by the way, has made it in this country. She's made it. And she hates everything about the country, which is seems to be a common thread. White people. These, right. <laughs> among the uh, Biden team. Uh, but I look forward to, you know, Peter Ducey going right at her. Hopefully it'll be... Uh, It'll be uh, uh, interesting, be good TV. Um, you can right, say what get... you want about Saki, but she's she's got the wall down. Like she won't crack. So yeah, she didn't she didn't get flustered. She right. didn't get she lied, but she that was her job. I mean, right. you're gonna work for Biden, you better be prepared to lie. But you know, she knew it all along. She was working towards this day, which she could cash in. She'll write a book. She'll make three million bucks on TV. You know, good for her. Uh, but. Uh, this, I mean, this is this is like having Joy Reid on there, just a, a conspiracy theorist and a race hustler who he sees every sees racism and everything and everyone. So it should be interesting. Uh, let's do, before we get to, um, I, I want to get to the uh, the Twitter thing, Trump Twitter, uh, the uh, 
Musk thing, but uh, do, you, do you have this comedian? <laughs> this was a couple of days old, but it's incredible. I've, uh, we should have done it uh, yesterday, but I think her name is Laurie Kilmartin. I never heard of her, but she's a comedian. Allegedly. Here's another, another problem that side has in the abortion debate is they have people who want to, you know, lighten things up or loosen the mood. And, and then when you stop, when you hear them, we listen to them, you say, wait, did she just joke about, you know, killing babies? <laughs> it's really, yeah. it doesn't work. You know, it doesn't work no. when you sit there and say, you know what, I'm going to loosen this up. I'm going to lighten this up. And, and then you, after you hear it, you go, what did she just say? It's just uncomfortable. It doesn't work. It's kind of in the same way it, uh, to, to most people, abortion is life and death. You know, if you're pro-life, that's a life you're ending it. You're killing that life. And then you have Janet Yellen uh, on uh, on Capitol Hill talking about how abortion helps the economy because women can work. They don't have to go home and take care of kids. And, you know, if they're poor women, they don't have to, you know, it, can, it doesn't hurt them economically. This happened yesterday. And you stop and you think about it and say, wait, so she thinks the killing the babies is good because it helps the economy. It just doesn't. On a practical level, it doesn't work. And Tim Scott, senator from South Carolina, says, well, you know, I'm glad my mother, who was born in abject poverty, I'm glad uh, she didn't listen to you and say, geez, I got to, you know, this would be good for me financially. I think I'll have an abortion. She didn't. Her son grew up to be a U.S. senator. It's like, I don't know if you saw this in the Pennsylvania, in the big Pennsylvania Senate race. You have this uh, um, woman, Barnett. Kathy Barnett, she's a black woman running against Dr. Oz. And they talked about abortion. And she says, in the middle of the debate, she says, well, I'm glad, you know, that, that everyone doesn't get abortion when they, when things are inconvenient because my mother was 11 years old when she was raped and, and pregnant with me. Her mother was 11, a victim of rape and chose, or I don't know if he chose, chosen for her, to have the baby, and now the baby is this woman, Kathy Barnett, who might become a U.S. senator. I'm rooting for her. She seems like a great story, but it doesn't work to just say, you know, we need we need abortion because, you know, they, we, you know, those babies get in the way. Or telling jokes, it just doesn't, I mean, I'm all for joking about things and uncomfortable things, but let's listen to this comedian on a panel on MSNBC, and you tell me, if these jokes work. Go ahead. Yes, so, I mean, here's the thing. Here's my feeling about the leaker. I, I would like to find out who the leaker is so I could make sweet love to that person because that person is a <laughs> hero to me. Okay? And if the leaker, yeah. a lot of people are saying it could be a conservative. If the leaker is a Republican, uh, and if I get pregnant during our lovemaking, I will joyfully abort our fetus and let them know. <laughs> I don't know if that answered your question. I probably didn't. Um, it, it, it was a little. It was a little off topic. It was a little. Go ahead, okay. Jeff. <laughs> Take this one. Look, look. I mean, you know, so you get the, the host. It's all uh, right I don't know. Right? Okay, enough. Enough. You get the host laughing. Whoever that guy is, uncomfortably. You got the other two panelists just looking, going, "Am I supposed to laugh at this?" Yeah. I mean, it doesn't work. And I realize, you know, she wants to be somewhat offensive and edgy, but 
You look at that afterwards. If you're Lori Kilmartin, you feel good about that. That do you think that do you think that worked? Do you think anybody no. was laughing with you? You could see after the first uh, after she said make sweet love to the guy and and it didn't it didn't land. You could see it in her face that she went, well, I'm gonna just finish this out even though yeah, it's not I'm working. Gonna, I'm gonna go, yeah, I'm gonna abort my baby and I'm gonna tell him. Oh man, that's great. Good yeah, plan. Good for you. Uh, good. And by the way, this the leaker. I'm not sure it worked for your side, honey. I'm not sure it worked. It doesn't appear to be working because the more people here learn about abortion, like Bill Maher said, he's learning things he did not know. It's not as simple as you would like it to be. Right. But anyway, we got to get to the Trump uh, Musk thing. Let's do uh, Shay. And then we will tell you, uh, we'll tell you why we love. With one thing we agree on, we love Musk. Musk, Musk just seems to be having a good time doesn't he just must he's trolling some people he's telling the truth he's got no filter he's just being honest and it's just so refreshing but speaking of honest and refreshing let's listen let, uh, let's uh let's do shay i would have been telling you about shay concrete for a long long time today we're sitting with the man who makes it all work the man in charge of the whole place my brother-in-law greg hey greg seems like business is booming at shay concrete we're cranking that out jerry well, uh, I, I, I'm just wondering, what's holding you back these days? We could use some good help. You need people? We need people. How many people do you need? At least 20 people. 20? Well, what kind of people? We have positions driving trucks, working in the production plants, estimating engineers, all kinds. You need any podcasters? You <laughs> know, we do have the precast podcast. Well, I, I think it seems like a great place to work, as I tell people. It's a family atmosphere. You guys are good to your people. There's a great gym here at the headquarters. Uh, what's holding you back? Why can't you find people? Besides being to work on time, you have to pass the drug test. Ooh, <laughs> you have to pass a drug test. That's all it takes. All right, if people want to uh, come see you, they want to talk, what do they have to do? Bunch of ways. They can, if they want to be a team member, they can go to shakeconcrete.com, fill out an application. They can come to our, any of our offices. We got four locations. They can call me up directly. They can email jobs at shakeconcrete.com. And you'll give them a hat? And we'll give them a hat. Hats. Yep. All right, sounds good. Shakeconcrete.com. I saw a really cool, uh, nice cafeteria here. Can we go have lunch? Oh, absolutely. We got empanadas and <laughs> chicken. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know what they are, but I'm going to go have an empanada. I Musk has asked. He hasn't taken control of Twitter. I don't know what that ha when that happens. A couple of months, apparently. A lot of red tape. But he's asked, as always, you know, would you put Trump on Twitter, back on Twitter? And he says, yes, of course. But I like this description of it, too. It's just, just, just stupid. you got a, a president, a, a guy who was the president of the United States, a guy who had 80 million followers, and you don't like him because you thought he was mean. And you say, no, we don't like him. They don't, big tech is not even subtle about Trump. I mean, he does interviews, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when he did an interview with that podcast, and they put it on YouTube, and they take it down 10 minutes later. Oh, I know. You can't, you can't talk to a former president. You know, you could, you could talk to you know, Putin, and that would be okay. You can't talk yep. to a former president who had got 75 million votes and put it on YouTube because the little you know, the angry little authoritarians in, in Silicon Valley just don't like him. He's mean. We hate him. He sucks. Let's take it down. And Musk, to his credit, says, that's just stupid. It's just stupid. But Musk seems to me to be so refreshing because it doesn't, he doesn't seem to be up to anything, you know? He bought 
Twitter for a reason. He wants to fix it. He wants free speech. He wants robust debate. He wants them to take, to, to get rid of the bands. He wants no more bands. He wants his friends at Babylon B to be back on Twitter. He wants, you know, Donald Trump to be back and Alex Berenson and, 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 you know, you name it, even Alex Jones, put him back on Twitter. Do it. You can't, you can't incite violence. You can't, you know, uh, uh, you know, so spread kitty porn, but you can, you know, debate things like the election integrity or, you know, whatever, you know, the, the efficacy of masks. You're allowed to do that once Musk takes control. But let's listen to his comments when he is asked, I don't even know what this was on, some show about uh, putting Trump back on Twitter. Go ahead. He has publicly stated that he will not be coming back to Twitter. Um, and that he will only be on Truth Social. And this is the, the point that I'm trying to make, which is perhaps not getting across, is that, there, is that banning Trump from Twitter didn't end Trump's voice. It will amplify it among the right. And this is why it is morally wrong and flat out stupid. Flat out stupid. He's right. It's morally wrong and flat out stupid. I mean, he just, <laughs> I don't think it amplifies his voice. Here's the problem. Trump says he won't come on because he's uh, won't be on Twitter because he's on true social. That's his company. And he's going to be on and he need, they need him. That is true. But how long can he hold out? How long when, when Musk takes control and says the ban is over, you're allowed back on. And I know Trump's advisors and his son, and they'll be saying, no, you can't do it. You need to focus exclusively on true social. You think Trump can hold out? You think Trump can resist tweeting? No. I don't know. The other thing they can do, somebody, anybody, can just take his truth social. Are you say, you told me they're called truths. Is that true? Truths and retruths. That is, speaking of flat out stupid, that is flat out stupid. Truths. So Trump's truce, which is his comments on true social, people can just copy and paste, right? And put them on Twitter, right? Right. So he'll be, whatever he says, especially if it's outrageous or provocative, will immediately appear on Twitter, whether he's on Twitter or not, once the ban is over, correct? Correct. So it doesn't really matter. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody back on Twitter. Let people go nuts. Let them debate. Let them, you know, let them. Uh, espouse uh, conspiracy theories. Let them talk about 2000 mules, Dinesh D'Souza's documentary and how uh, the election was stolen. If that's what they want to talk about, they should be allowed to talk about this is America. Once Trump, I mean, once Musk does that, he's then he's going to go to a whole new level. He's already a hero, an American hero, an African-American hero. I look forward to him actually reforming Twitter. It will be a great day in America, but not yet. We'll see what happens. We will leave it there for today. Anything else, Ironhead? Anything else that I missed? Nothing that you missed that we had. Did you win your bets last night? Was I it? A, I mean, since you weren't you know, watching the news, did you win at least to win you know, some money? No, Chris Paul and James Harden let me down. They suck. Yeah. They let you down. You're still ahead of the game though, right? With your $700 from Sunday? Way ahead. <laughs> yes. Good. Good. That's, that's what's important. Right. All right. Thank you, everyone, for uh, listening. Thanks to Ironhead for producing. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? 
Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.